This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit PlanetBroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Little dipstick, little, little dipstick. Little dipstick, little, little dipstick. Little dipstick, little, little dipstick. Little dipstick, little, 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 little. Hello. And welcome to Turn the Thing, the show where we come up with five sketch ideas. I am Andy. And I am Alistair George William Tremblay Birchall. And what a joy. What a joy it is to meet your acquaintance. To make your acquaintance or meet mm. your acquaintance. Meet mm. your acquaintance what? is to meet somebody that you don't know that well. What a joy it is to meet your acquaintances. You know? It is one, nice. It's one thing in a relationship when you get to meet the person's friends. But mm-hmm. when you get to meet their acquaintances, it's, mm. <laughs> it's, a, it's, well, it's a timely parody of meet the parents yeah. Uh, but it's meet the acquaintances, okay? Sure. And it's Ben Stiller and um, whoever his wife is in that film. Mm-hmm. Is it? Uh, Christina Applegate? Remember. No. 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 They wouldn't. But, but that's they the thing is that, let that happen. people people act like meeting the parents is a very is a very a big mm. move. And it look it's it's sizable. I'll, I'll mm. give them that it's sizable, but mm. you know the relationship is getting stronger when they introduce you to people that they know less well. Exactly. They that they that they are just meeting maybe for the first time. Mm. <laughs> That's right. That's when they go, "Hello, yeah, John, is it? Well, uh, I'm Michael, and this is my wife, Erica Badu." <laughs> Erica Pardu. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, I thought of another idea uh, that I was writing, making a note of on a pad, Alice, there, but yeah. I, I, I figure I'll tell you what, I'll just tell you instead. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard of Meet the Parents. Everyone loves that. Well, this is Parent the Meat. Now, I figure <laughs> this could be possibly a tie-in mm. product with our much earlier idea of Mashed Potato Sun. Where yes, you give okay. somebody uh, <gasps> a son made parents. of mashed potato. This potato. now, mashed potato. Okay, Potato is when you have a small amount of mashed potato. That's a little come in two sides. <laughs> It'll come in mashed potato son and mashed potato oh, son. Who, whoever the fuck it was who named those little, those little knobbly potatoes that are small, chats, that them. Whoever it was who named them chats, they should have called them potatoes. Yes, that's there right. it is. <laughs> Do you think that we could get a Nuremberg-style trial to mm-hmm. find whoever it was who didn't call them potatoes and have them publicly executed? Is that wrong? Yeah, I mean, it feels like at this point, that's it feels like it's the right thing to do. I don't know. Mm. If my moral compass is slightly off, 
but but I mean, at least I'm using a compass, you know. Exactly, you know, you're you're on the right track, or if not on the right track, you're on a track, and, and that's, that's on the right track to being that, on the right track. If you're on a track, right. you obviously know what tracks are. <laughs> it's on a track to to doing the right thing. Um. Maybe. Uh, you, you're you're on a track to doing a thing, and yeah. if you're not on the track to doing a thing, then you can't be on the track to doing the right thing, and therefore being on a track to doing a thing is on the track to being on the track to doing the right thing. I 100% agree with the logic, Andy. You 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 didn't even need to to, to re-explain it. <laughs> it to me. The only way in which you could be on the on a more right track. Mm. Is for you to be on a crane, dangling under a crane that has access to all the tracks. Um, dangling under a crane that has access to all the tracks, sort of like in a cable tray. Am I like working on them from um, below? You're, you're a train, I think, Andy. I'm a train. Right. You're on the you're right a- track. Of course, you're a train. <laughs> I forgot I was a train in this metaphor. In this metaphor, Andy, you've been a train the whole time. I thought I was just a guy on a track. No, 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 no. People who go on tracks like that, that's just that's for pleasure. This is business. Mm. So, you know, you're you're walking around uh an abandoned or oh, not an abandoned, just a railroad, a, a railway station at night, a rail yard. You're walking around a rail yard at night, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. yes, I am. Uh, and you, your friend, is standing on an overpass, um, watching you through binoculars and shouting directions. Okay, mm-hmm. and you say, "Am I going to be hit by a train?" And he say, yells back, "You're on the right track." No, look, this is yeah. nothing. <laughs> That's okay. Look, we have so many things, Andy, that we need to go over and try oh, and finish Alistair. one. Oh, Alistair, we do indeed. So we have first the meet the acquaintances. Mm. Now, is there anything in that? Um, do we do do? Does anybody make parody movies of comedy movies, where you make fun of that movie by making it even less significant? Like well. I don't I don't think that we are making fun of that movie necessarily. Okay. Sure. I think who what you know there are other aspects of 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 the industry that we could be making fun of, you know. Okay. Um yeah. or we could be making fun of the concept of sequels, you know, they did the meet the meet the fockers and the meet was there another one? Meet the kids maybe? There there might have been another one, yeah. Meet I uh, shrunk the kids. Meet, I blew up the baby. Yeah, that's it. And uh, that means that we can then, uh, you know, see where it would go if it was still running, you know, the franchise. that's that, Now, that's a comedy, sort of like, satirical thing. When you have, like, we could also be satirizing they're just the mass- machinations of uh, uh, Hollywood executives, the kinds of things that they would try and pitch. There was one called Little Fockers. Yeah, Little Fockers. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That doesn't even have any of the words from the original title. Not from the original, no, but but it, it has the connecting one. You can you, If you can find the missing link, meet the Fockers. <laughs> yeah. You're able to identify the 
the uh, the family tree. Yeah, and I think the main joke in that movie was that he his name was Gaylord Falker. Is that right? <laughs> Is that right? I I think it I think I think that was the main joke in all three of those movies. I mean, you don't put that joke in there if it's not going to be a main. That's not a side dish. Do you think that was dish. part of the pitch? Do you think that hey? was included when they pitched it? Oh, absolutely. You know, to the network, to the studio. Okay, oh, yeah. there's this guy. His name is Gaylord Fokker. <laughs> All right, you're greenlit for three films. <laughs> you in so far? Absolutely. Um, I guess Meet the Acquaintances is is sort of more of a an industry thing where you're you're you're, um, you're sort of trying to meet. Uh, you're trying to what's that? What's that word that you use there when you're trying Milk? to meet people? Hey. Oh, oh. All right. Sorry. You're schmoozing. Schmoozing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a. Yeah, it's basically schmoozing. And there's another word, but but um, yeah. But then I don't know if this is Ben. Is it Ben Stiller introducing some upstart? Maybe his son, little Gaylord Fawker Junior. Mm. Um, to industry folk that he's been well acquainted to, because he's in an industry family himself. But then that really breaks the uh, <laughs> the fourth wall in that the character. <laughs> <laughs> of of Ben Stiller's son, yes, is is being taken around by Ben Stiller, the man who is an well, actor. It's the, it's the character of Gaylord Fokker's son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gaylord Fokker's son is being in, is being taken around by Ben Stiller, the the man at Hollywood parties, and he's saying this this guy played my my character. Gaylord Fokker's son. No, he is in, my character's in, son. Yeah, that's right. Well, but he... Oh, yeah, he is my character's son. <laughs> and the character is thinking about getting into acting. <laughs> I'm, I actually think this would be a really funny trailer uh, to watch as, as the voiceover works really hard to try and explain... <laughs> Yeah. What's happening? I mean, maybe in a is it is it last action hero? It's a bit last action hero. Where the but character in, comes instead out of, of the trying to yeah, screen. instead of trying to conquer bad guys, he's trying to conquer Hollywood. Mm. This child star who was a child ten years ago when they made this movie. I'm not sure if it was a baby or, but. That now they would be, you know, a fair bit older. Yeah, yeah. So probably at exactly the right age to be trying to make a career for themselves. Yeah, I guess now it is more career rather than sort of parent forced. Yeah, yeah. Well, also because we don't know if his parent actually came out of the movie screen with him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, they might have have pushed him out of the screen. I think that's actually quite an interesting story where a character who was your child in a movie comes out, would come out of the movie thinking that like, if he saw Ben Stiller, he Mm. would think that was his dad. It's quite an interesting thing. Right. So like, especially if if he didn't know like this door that he went through that brought him into the real world. Or even if you, even if you did, you'd still sort of think that the person who looked exactly like your dad was in some sense, your dad, this is actually, this is a great film. Suddenly, this is a, it's a good movie. This is a good movie. Um, 
uh, Ben Stiller, the man, has to deal with raising a child that is only raising his fictional child in the real world. Ah, oh, yeah, very interesting. Very. Do you think he? Do you think he would go and find Robert De Niro to see if he would get involved? <laughs> do you want to raise? I don't know. You you're busy? Do you want to raise this guy? And <laughs> Robert De Niro character? would be telling him, "Well, he's your child. Well, he's not. He's <laughs> he's a character from he's a movie. As much, he's as much your child as he is my child, and he's your grandson. Yeah." Um, I think that's uh, I think that's actually really funny, and um, let's call it meet meet reality, not meet Fokker. the acquaintances. Um, All right. meet the meet, acquaintances, sure, meet the acquaintances. But I mean, I'll look, I'll write a subtitle will be meet reality, Fokker. <laughs> okay, Fokker. now another idea. Yeah, parent the meat. Now, Parent this is a sequel me- to our very popular uh, mashed potato son concept where you motivate somebody to live a better life by giving them a son made out of mashed potato that is very difficult to look after. Mm-hmm. This but then parents is- the meat, is that, are you saying that now this is like a thing where you actually have to get another child and this one is meat? Yeah, I think so. Now you give them a daughter and she's made mm. from sausages. Okay. Great. Yeah. And this is how you kick it into the next level. You know, this is how to m- make friends and influence people, too. You know, how to mm-hmm. how to fucking make fucking friends and really fucking influence people. And yeah, and how to carry a bunch of sausages in a in yeah a, in a papoose. <laughs> exactly. Um, how are they held oh, together? Imagine, the sausages. Imagine looking into a papoose. And seeing that the child in there has just been cobbled together from sausages. Yeah, but that that it has a face, like that it has a face, that it does look like a face, and it's made yeah, from sausages. But made I picture sausages. a sort of a Muppet-like face mm. Mm. with a mouth open. Truly and horrifying. Then, and then you look, and the kid and the person looks in, and they go, "Oh, like that," and you go, <laughs> "What?" And then you look, and you go, "Oh, yeah, he dropped his pacifier." <laughs> Here you go. That is repulsive. Yeah, sorry. Thank you for that. (laughs) And it's she. It's a daughter. Yeah, but he's raising her as a man. Oh, okay. Because he sees, because he is so, he's so sexist. He sees sausages as a male meat because they're so penis-like. They are very penile. Hmm. Um, anyway, I don't know that that necessarily deserves to be written down, but it's fun to revisit some of the glory days. Some uh, of the glory days. Now, any episode it, we're not currently doing. <laughs> that's right. Now, potatoes. Okay, potatoes. All right. Potatoes. Yeah. Um, so it's a Nuremberg, Nuremberg style st- trial. Okay. Nuremberg. I don't know how to write Nuremberg, but oh, mm, the Nuremberg style trial. Style this- trial. <laughs> <laughs> You've heard of the fashion police? Well, this is the fashion uh, Nuremberg court. trials. Yeah. <laughs> For calling small um, potatoes. Yeah, okay. So, yes, we actually are. And I think it's an open and shut case, really. Yeah. It's a, you know, the jury deliberates for 30, 40 seconds. They're back yeah. in. They're like, yeah. 
Yeah. I think they it's, go in the door and they immediately come out in a comical way. Yes. Great. Faster they than they in. could possibly have even got between the two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. They actually start coming out of the other door before they've gone in. <laughs> That's right. Excuse me. That's how Excuse quick me. the deliberation is. Yeah. <laughs> Breaks the space-time continuum. It took negative time to convict this guy. Mm-hmm. And No, you have to go deliberate. Like the judge is like, no, they go, yes, guilty. And they go, you know, you have to go deliberate. You go, ugh. And appropriately, yeah. uh, the this when they when they sentence this guy, they say, let him fry. Because that's what they do, Alistair. You might not yeah. know this. They do that to potatoes. Fry right, him right. in the electric chair. Yeah. Are there fry any? Him. This is good, Alistair. Fry him in the electric oil is... heater. <laughs> Bake him in his own jacket. No, but Alistair. <laughs> Alistair. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. this is this is going to be big. <laughs> Wait, this yeah. is going to be so big. This is a. George Foreman style grill. Yeah. But it's in the shape of an electric chair. Okay? Yeah, okay. And it's 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 called Let 'em Fry. Yeah. Okay. And you can get a little electric chair of some kind. Yeah. Maybe not a George Foreman grill, but it's that in that line of products. Yeah. And you sit a little potato in there and you put a little cap on it. Put a little cap on it. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> you grease it up with a little bit of butter. Yeah, like you, would a, like, like you would a, a, a person on death row. Well, I think they do put some sort of liquid in there to make the connection better, Alistair, I, Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, I, you know, I understand that. I mean, I've seen, yeah. I've seen the Green Mile. They put a sponge in there. They, is that it? A sponge? Well, I mean, that's in the Green Mile. I don't know how they really do it. Mm. Um, but I was picturing them buttering up a person all the way around. Just, you know, basically have a stick of butter that they're kind of just rubbing up and down the person's body. Because it may as well be at least a little bit pleasant for them. Now, pleasant for whom? The people who, who, are, who are in the room with the person who's cooking. Right, and it's pleasant because they get to smell the burning flesh with the butter? Well, at least the the butter warmed up would have a nice kind of scent. I mean, they should probably have some, you know, tucks of onions or some garlic <laughs> in his armpits or something in there with it. That's always pleasant. It now, probably I'm actually not gets your appetite going. It's the right thing to do to uh, cook and eat a man. But if you are essentially cooking a man anyway, surely it's morally right to use some of that extra electricity and put a stake under the little cap on top mm. of their head uh, so that it can be cooked at the same time. And then you can eat that for lunch afterwards. Well, I mean, it's, it's definitely energy efficient. And while it's morally repulsive to do that to a person, it's... You know the energy and the footprint that you're mm. <laughs> that you're saving is actually very ethical to all the other people who remain on Earth. Correct. And it's probably nice for the family of the person that that person murdered. <laughs> they all to, get to eat it. Well, you they know all. they might not get to eat it, but to know that that person's being disrespected in that way, in a way, you know, is kind of nice being treated like a cooking implement. Yeah. 
You know, oh, they the, can, this uh, is the family of the victim, is it? The family of the victim. Mm, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um. Good. I mean, I guess you could stuff. also just stuff their stuff their guts filled with. You know, I guess you could make them eat their. You know, let's say they have their last meal, but then mm. you make them eat another meal that is something that you want cooked while they're frying. And then later on, when the coroner, I guess the coroner probably doesn't do an autopsy, but when he's doing an autopsy, you go, you say to the coroner, you go, hey, can you get out that, hey, can you get out that that thing I popped in there? Should be just right. When they're doing an autopsy to determine the cause of death of this person who was just (laughs) electrocuted in the electric chair. Yeah. I I popped some stuff in there. It should be just about done. You might be able to pull up, you know, pull some trick that suggests, you know, like that puts some doubt in the mind of the people that that what they died of was the electric chair or something like that. What if there was like a, I don't know, it's like, you know, a loose brick, yeah, a plague or like a loose brick in the, in the room, (laughs) you know, hits him in the, in the metal Better still, a plague of loose bricks. Yeah. I was peppered with loose bricks, full-sized mm. bricks and cinder blocks. Um, so, all right, Al. Oh, wait, so okay, wait, wait, wait. So this but, grill. But to go back to my little thing of my little grill yeah. for cooking a, a potato in the electric chair. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, normal people would buy this, but what about Americans? Do you think... <laughs> do you think we could sell this to people in America? And my answer to my own question is yes, yes we could. Oh, I agree, of course. And I think I think all the all the red states would all own one automatically, mm. Mm. right? It, they would probably give it out, you know, uh, on you know in the lead up to a vote. I'd say here's here's your little chair. I'm going to yeah. write down <laughs> cooking in the belly of a. I mean. I want it. Oh. I wanted to encapsulate. I wanted to. I wanted to encapsulate. I realize it's dumb, but I think that it's within the dumbness that there's fun. Oh, Alistair, there's there's great fun to be had in the in the mid in the midst of dumb. We are in fun, I believe, as they say. And you you got okay. it. Um, I, f- I did, forgot how to spell dire. A person who di- who's dying. The dire. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you forgot how to spell that, yeah, Alistair. It, I don't think that's a is word. It, is it the... Because it's not D-Y-E-R, because that's the person who dies, the, the clothes. I don't think... Which I, guess, I, I suppose they might the also do when they is, poop or bleed or whatever. Well, it's not a word. I'm sorry um, to break it to you. Well, but, if we uh, use it enough, it will become... The dyer. The die. Mm. No, the die is like the the mom of the person who's still alive left behind. Is it? Right. Because they yeah. have the di- dying done to them in a way. Yeah, so like if you lose if you lose like a you know, a dog or something like that, the family are the dies. Mm. Those now we're who doing, are left behind to mourn. Doing a lot of um movie parody stuff in this episode, and I think that's great. Especially, we're, do, we're doing particularly topical movie parody stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and while we're talking about it, right? Look who's um, talking? No, no, okay, but close. Yeah. Close. Yeah. 
I was thinking, what about the Truman Show, right? Yeah. What would this be like? But it's President Truman. Now. <laughs> Harry Truman? Harry Truman. Now, yeah. I don't know anything about Harry Truman. No, me neither. But but I would love to see what kind of a film I write. <laughs> <laughs> Based on just these two elements. <laughs> these two elements and a stubborn unwillingness to learn anything more about Harry Truman. Yeah. No, I like this a lot, Andy. It was a... I mean, I guess you could you could sort of propose, you could make make vague... You know, he could be making vague pronouncements about some of his achievements or, you know, or the way that you could do it is you could have the people in the thing not really know what he achieved. Mm. People might take it as a political statement or something. There would be a um, a film to be made that is a, is a Truman Show style thing, but instead of being an average person whose life is televised, it is somebody who is made to believe that they are the president. Right? That would be really It'd be fun. hard to make them believe that from childhood. Not necessarily, not necessarily. Like, what if you were in a Donald Trump-style situation, okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe this is just, just what's happened. But where... This person is running. They stand a chance of winning, and you, and for whatever reason, and with whatever logic, you're able to just play it off as if they've won. The whole country agrees to pretend they've won, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you just make a TV show about about them being the president. They think they are great. Am I making sense? Yeah, I mean, I think so. You, but then you can't—you're not doing it in like a, in a studio. You're just—I mean, how many people does a person really interact with? I mean, if you made him mayor of the town, mm. you know, you—it could be more achievable. I think. Uh, that, I think if you let the, the person into the White House, <laughs> I think. I think what would be funny would be the sort of the poxy like small scale approximations <laughs> that you do where you are trying to get people to uh, you're trying to get this you, you don't have a big budget right so you're doing the the united nations but there's only like you know six countries at the united nations sure. and you are having them meet the president of one country and then later you bring him back with a mustache as the president of another country but the guy you've got who thinks he's president is a real idiot. And <laughs> sure. So it's like so it's like the opposite of the other idea. So this is like you had Truman Show with an actual president, and then you have a sort of fake Truman show with a guy who thinks he's president. Uh no, it's a you're really Truman showing him. Okay. He he thinks he is president. You're you're just faking the whole thing around him like they were in the Truman Show. Mm. No, it doesn't matter, Al. Don't worry. No, but I'm they, too, look. I'm too um, lost in it. No, I mean, I'm going to write, he thinks he's president, 
or something more believable. <laughs> okay, that's great. Everybody's happy with that. Um, you know that way. That way, you know, there's a lot of the big obstacles, um, like how you would get around this White House problem. Mm. Um, well, you know, it's not the White House; it's just a White House. Sure. But we are needing somebody super, super dumb. Yeah. <laughs> super dumb, to the point where it's exploitation. <laughs> yep. You know. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Yeah. But I think it's hard to do this and not be exploitation in a way. You know, sure. I mean, the Truman Show was, the original Truman Show was exploitation, I think. That's true. That's true. But then they didn't you didn't feel Jim bad Carrey for him. You didn't. You didn't feel bad for Truman. You yeah, felt a little bit. Well, maybe I bit. guess, but but not like he was being taken advantage of. Just that he was stuck in an experiment. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And, and yes, so. it was against his will. But at least he had a will. He had a and... will. Well, they weren't all laughing at him. They were living with him. Mm. He was in every. He was in America's heart. You know? That's right. Um, but now we have to go back to this electric chair grill. Oh, we still haven't written that down. Okay. No, well, I just, I don't know. It felt like you were, you had more to say. No, I, I, I you know, uh, it's, 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 it's a product. It's the let them fry grill, you know, mm-hmm. and every time you press the button that is, is, is on, maybe it plays some little screams. Maybe it jiggles a little bit so that the potato jiggles around. Is this in bad taste? No. The only thing, it, it, this might be in bad taste, but your potatoes won't be because it gets them perfect. Every time. At least the bits that are touching a chair. I don't know if there are any cooking techniques that do involve passing electricity directly through the mm. the food stuff. And I don't know <laughs> whether or not this is... Something that people have looked into. You know, would be good. What if that you turned know, out it was the best way to cook a steak? Just well, imagine a couple this. of jumper leads on either end. What if, like that little hat that you put on the thing? I mean, it's harder with a steak, but with the potato, the little hat that you put on it. What if there was a rod that went into the potato? Right. Yes. And and that rod allowed electricity right into the thick of the potato, right into the meat mm. of it, right in there. But then it also dripped butter inside hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Whew. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, less it's like, like, it's less like an electric, electric chair now. <laughs> More like a, a sort of a, a little hat that, <laughs> that drips butter inside your body. But that could be a way to kill people too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they've looked into that. 
well, it's somewhere between the bolt, you know, the bolt that you use to kill cows or whatever, that mm. bolt gun. And the electric and, chair. And the electric chair. And that thing that they feed to <laughs> to ducks or whatever to fatten them up. <laughs> that rod they put in them to fatten them up. To Force make feeding foie, foie, gr- foie gras. So you can get that bloated liver. Yeah, but I don't know if they're force feeding them foie gras because that would be counterproductive. No, that, well, that's how they get foie gras. Okay, yeah. But yeah, you're right. It would be counterproductive to um. To unless you're unless foie. you're f- feeding them inferior foie gras. Ah, these are th- this foie gras is so um expensive and classy because the geese that it's made from were themselves fed exclusively on foie gras. (laughs) I mean, but then you wouldn't want to feed them inferior foie gras, wouldn't you? You'd want to actually feed them a better foie gras. (laughs) I think so. (laughs) (laughs) You'd want to feed them like a higher quality foie gras. (laughs) They're eating an even better quality foie gras than you are, than than it produces. (laughs) This method of only feeding them one ingredient actually creates a much worse foie gras. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, but, but I wonder if you could feel better about eating it because you knew that the ucks, geese, had been raised in such, such luxury. Like, Absolutely, yeah. It's more ethical well, <laughs> in a way. Maybe you, don't, maybe you don't even have to force feed them because it's so delicious. <laughs> they force feed themselves. That's right. Even though they we, got, even though they ate foie gras that came from force-fed, uh, force-fed, yes. you know, ducks or or geese or whatever, because that's how you make the really good stuff. Well, we found a way to make ethical foie gras, and we found that we don't have to force feed the ducks if. We feed them something that's delicious enough that they force feed themselves. Unfortunately, the only thing that we could find that was delicious enough was foie gras. And, <laughs> and that foie gras was obtained very unethically. But, <laughs> but, but you're one degree removed from it. And really, I think because it was the ducks that were eating the foie gras, the unethical one, they absorb the guilt <laughs> they filter out the guilt, which means that you own, and and in a way, because you're eating the livers of un- unethical foie gras, you're doing a good thing by removing mm-hmm. these, frankly, evil cannibalistic geese or ducks from... <laughs> <laughs> They're evil. You're actually saving other geese mm. by eating this goose's liver. Or or foie is that liver or or their uh, what's the other one kidney no kidney? it's liver yeah no, it's, it's got to be liver, liver. Yeah, yeah eaten by eating this evil <laughs> Ugh. kidney Ugh. duck Ugh. kidney Ugh. yuck Ugh. no liver Alistair come on do you think um, you could have you could have your you could have either your liver transplanted into one of those geese. For some reason, uh, or their liver into yours, so you always have foie gras inside you. I guess so. That's not, that's not a great achievement, <laughs> but I it mean, would be if there was an award for it. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Oh, this show, it is the Oscars of getting goose livers <laughs> transplanted into your body. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's on prime time. There's yeah. a comedian who comes out, he hosts the show. Yeah. Right? And then he talks about all the people who had weird animal body parts, organs, <laughs> vital organs. The put red into carpet, their body. it's only red because of all the all the all the blood, blood that, blood that is the, leaking out of their urine in their urine. <laughs> from the backyard, you know, the the backyard transplants that everybody got. <laughs> oh, Oh God! Um, all right, w- w- is this anything, Al? I'm trying to think. I mean, look, my my fingers on the, the trigger, about to write it down, but I think the ethical foie gras is a thing. From yeah, from sure, yeah, that's already mostly written down. Yeah, you know, it's this this foie gras is made exclusively from evil geese. You know, however evil they are. Um. Yeah, no. You know, in whatever way they are evil. I mean, yeah, it feels like geese overall have an, a generally evil vibe, anyway. Well, they're angry. Yeah, and it could well be that they know what we do. Sure, nah. maybe they talk. Maybe they honk. They honk <laughs> among themselves. Yeah. Anyway, you lot honk among yourselves. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean. I guess the relationship between a human and a goose mm. is so, you know, is all, is mostly so sort of uh, con- confrontational that it feels like the perfect setup for a romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, that the, sort of standoffish thing at, at yeah. first. At it's first, very, they hate each you know, other. It's very Mister Darcy kind of. Mm. The way they run at you, flapping with their necks out. <laughs> he did come out of a of, out of a, a lake, dripping. In, well, I uh, hear that initially he was supposed to be a goose. <laughs> That's why he's all dressed in white or whatever. Um, we're supposed to be goose feathers. <laughs> pride, pride, goose. No. no. What's What's not. the name of the male goose? Gander? Uh, no, the I think the goose is the goose and the gander is... Wait, yeah. I don't know. Which one is the goose and which one's the gander? Wait, hens love roosters. Geese love ganders. Everyone else loves Ned Flanders. I think it's geese oh. love ganders. Yeah, I'm looking up ganders. I mean, that... That, uh, that, that poem doesn't tell us the answer. The gander is the male. Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, I think with yeah. birds, you mostly know that you mostly uh, name the. Uh, you always name the female first. Um, Chicken. It is, I think then. it's in. <laughs> go on. <laughs> and go then on. there's also the rooster, but you always name the female first. I think that's the, sort of that's how it goes. Um, sheep, and then, uh, but then mm. you. One of my favorite type of birds. Um, you know, to have a gander at something mm-hmm. is usually a pretty casual look at it. That's gander. right, yeah. But to I have think a proper gander. 
propaganda yeah. is to is to run and squawking <laughs> with your with your head as far forward as it can, your balance only held together by your forward motion, like a segue. Splayed arms. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, but it's the only yeah. way to have a proper good look at something. It, yeah, yeah. You get you you take in a lot. The body, the senses are heightened in that moment. And that's how our romantic comedy began. Mm. All right. Now let's let's look into this more. The uh, the relationship with the goose, the mm. goose as the um, the bad boy. Uh, yeah. You know. Wrong, wrong side of the tracks. Your parents don't agree yeah. with you being in a relationship. Yeah, and I think maybe it can be, it could be like a, as well as a romantic comedy, it could be like a female version of Hitch. Mm. You know that movie? Yeah, it's like yeah where, I do. It's a reboot. So, yes. But... It's, it's, you know, like, let's say it's, uh, I don't know, some, you know, like a thing, it could be Meg Ryan. Yeah, okay, great. You know, it could be Meg Ryan. And <laughs> and then she has some weird, awful confrontation with this gander at the, down at that on the local petting zoo. Petting <laughs> farm. You know, she's taking her grandchildren or whatever. Mm. And, and then, you know, and then something goes on, but she realizes, I don't know, she... I don't know. Maybe she's forced to face it again. She's, you know, she's her her grandchild keeps wanting to go back, and then something happens mm. where they, she kind of likes it actually now, and then mm. but she doesn't know the ways of the geese, and so then she right. meets this this quite suave geese, a geeset, <laughs> female <Yeah>. geese, <laughs> goose, a gooset, and but she's like the hitch of the goose. So I don't know. Maybe there's also a Doctor Doolittle element to this, where she also starts to be able to talk to animals. Um, this is a, another one of our classic parody films. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Very I mean, heavy parody episode. I mean, I don't know how. I don't know exactly how. Like, if if there's no Doolittle bit, how the, she t- she ends up talking or communicating, unless all through. You know, maybe she just gets it all through. Like, you know, maybe the goose just sees her looking the way she's looking at the gander and she gets it. And mm. she shows, and then she shows her how it's done. And then Meg Ryan's like, is that, that goose is just picking up that gander. And then she's like a bit jealous. But then at the same time, she wants to learn. And the mm. and the goose kind of like can see her watching. And so she shows her again, you know, maybe with another gander. And she comes back every day with her little notepad, and she tries to learn. And she should. There's that scene where it's like the goose is, like, maybe maybe like Meg Ryan tries a move on the gander, mm. and it's a dance move, like that thing where you get up on your two sort of webbed feet and you flap your wings up in the air, and your neck kind of swings like to the side to side. Yeah. And yeah. it's kind of like a mating dance of some sort. And then the goose comes next to her, you know, as the gander's walking away, disappointed, unimpressed by the the mating dance. And she does it next to her. And she's like, oh, you're communicating with me and I get it. And But I don't get this dance. And then they have that kind of back and forth where they teach each other 
well, you know, the the goose teaches her the dance how to do it properly. Mm. And then there's that scene where she finally does do it and everybody sheds a tear. Yeah. yeah and now I at the know. end of this movie, mm. it feels like maybe the <laughs> like either either Meg Ride has to have sex with a goose yeah. or you know, maybe in a in the old in the ultimate twist, right? It was the goose who was helping her. Yeah, that's where I think it's seduce, going. Seduce the gander that actually ends up hooking up with the gander. Yeah, I and think then, if it, t- it turns out to be like a lesbian relationship, it's much better. Oh, wait. So, lesbian relationship between Meg Ryan and the goose. <laughs> Meg Ryan, I was going to say that it's the goose that hooks up with the gander. So, at the end, you just get to watch two ge- geese making oh. love. Sure. Now, okay. Well, there's that too. Yeah. I suppose now, that's, I realize, that's good too. <laughs> I, I realize it's probably the best way for there to be sex in this movie. Well, <laughs> I realize we're going to disappoint a lot of people, mm. um, but maybe they're the kind of people who deserve to be disappointed. And maybe, yeah. just maybe, we can salvage this film <laughs> as something that could be. Released in cinemas. Sure, yeah, yeah. But I think maybe there's a moment where maybe she realizes she's actually in love with the goose and she steals the goose from the petting zoo. Yes. Right? And then she has to come to a realization that she actually can't have a relationship with a goose. And she's also, (laughs) her super doesn't allow her to have pets in her apartment. (laughs) And so she brings it back and then, then she watches them, I guess, have sex. Yeah, great. And that's the happy ending, I guess. And this is, by the way, this is Meg Ryan, real Meg Ryan. This is Meg Ryan today. No. Yeah. Yeah, this is Meg Ryan today playing herself and using her real grandchildren in this movie. (laughs) Called Sex with a Goose. (laughs) And the question, obviously, to every and everybody (laughs) in everybody's head is. Who's going to have sex with this goose? (laughs) Is Meg Ryan going to have sex with a goose? (laughs) So, the movie poster, just a picture of Meg Ryan and a goose. Back to back with a goose. (laughs) Back to back. That white background. They're both standing yeah. in the middle. A white background. That's going to make it hard to see the goose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really hard. <laughs> and, <laughs> and the title, Sex with the Goose. Meg Sex Ryan with... in Sex with the Goose. Um, right. <laughs> Meg Ryan, the person. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're getting a lot of people looking at the poster gathered around, gathered mm-hmm. around crowd forms, and everyone's asking each other, who has sex with the goose? <laughs> it it seems to imply it's going to be Meg Ryan. <laughs> Surely not. Why is she looking Surely seductively not. over down to that goose? <laughs> Meg Ryan today. But it's, but it's like one of those, <laughs> one of those crime films where there's not enough suspects, so it's really like there's not enough characters, mm. so it's really clear that it's going to be one of the, you know, one of the two people that they know that they've introduced in the film is going yeah. to have to be the murderer, like in Ghost. 
Mm-hmm. There's literally no other characters apart from this friend of theirs. Yeah. So he has to have done it. Yeah, and there's probably so like one weird, you know, petting zookeeper or whatever, and then people during the movie will be like, it's probably this creepy, you know, Gerard Depardieu character. <laughs> it's not go. It's not going to be that guy. It's never mm. the guy that you think it's going to be. No, exactly, because it look he looks like a sex pest. Yeah. You know, and uh, the pesting zoo. Yeah. You're welcome. No, you're. You're the one who is welcome to make um, more jokes like that. Yeah, thanks, Al. <laughs> no, you're um, welcome. Uh, I uh, I'm happy with that, Al. Great. Happy with that. Might even be the title of the episode. It won't be. It won't be. We don't put <laughs> filthy stuff in the title of the episode. No, we know that. We learned that with Pooh in the Shorts. <laughs> People don't. So d- we learn p- on this show. It's probably <laughs> going to be Petitos. <laughs> Petitos. You say potatoes. I say chats. I've chats. been electrocuted in, a, in, in right. an electric chair. <clears throat> Andy, I don't know if you know this, but uh, sometimes we have listeners, and some of those listeners sometimes go on our Patreon. They give us three bucks so that they can suggest three words for a, uh, a sketch to inspire a sketch at the end of the episode. Shipping in. Thank you, and everyone. Thank you, everyone. And uh, we're trying to get through them. You know, soon we'll probably do an episode where we do a bunch just to kind of get through a lot more because I feel like a lot of people are waiting. You know, some people, you know, it's it's just not right. I mean, some people are waiting on their second or third, but you know, there's some, you know, there's some newbies. Thank you to everybody who's been signing up uh, who are, you know, they're waiting on their first. Um, But today, for some reason, I decided to go on, you know, to somebody who has uh, written. You know, some before, so submitted before. It's a, it's a, our good uh, friend and listener to the of the show is Ellie Durkin. Ellie, hello. And when I say um, friend, we've never met Ellie, but no, we feel like we've connected over online. And she does great art. She and does if great. I remember, I'll put a link to her art in the show notes. Yeah, it's uh, there's some really fun. I think she's selling books. She's selling little oh, yeah. little 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 books to her of her art. So get on it, listeners. Ellie Durkins. It's the listeners who support you and you support them in, in return. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, well, uh, okay, well, I, I've got the three words here. And then I realize that I'm using this weird pen that I'm not sure if, I've, uh, if, I've, if, I'm, if I'm reading it correctly. But while I'm double looking it up, do you want to have a guess of what the first word might be, Andy? Uh, yeah, clostridium. Clostridium? Hmm. Definitely not, Andy. The first no, word is murder. 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 Okay. What about the second murder, word, Andy? most foul, and it's foul, F-O-W-L, as in um, chickens and ducks. Or geese. You're getting closer than you think, but you're not in any way on the money. <laughs> um. <laughs> The second word is solving. Ah. Do you want to try and guess, with the clues I've given you, what the third word is? Murder, solving. Okay. Well, it is some kind of an animal. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Fish. Murder-solving fish. I'm sorry, Andy. It's not that. Damn. But it is murder-solving bird. The murder-solving bird. 
the murder-solving bird. He's never been seen. He's never been heard. Um, <laughs> He's suggesting now, there... Yeah, go. There are, um, there are, I believe, instances, genuine instances, where a parrot yeah. is a witness to a murder. Yeah. And, and something that the parrot has seen... Or heard, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, they get the parrot to repeat it, and it 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 becomes evidence in court. Now, I'm not totally sure if that's the case. I feel like yeah. I need to Google it, but I want it to be true. Sure, I want it to be true too. And um, maybe a sketch in which uh, somebody has taught somebody some funny sentence, right? Hmm. And and they did it maybe as a joke, even as a mean-spirited joke towards the parrot. And the parrot says it over and over, not really knowing what it means, right? Mm. But then somebody dies in that apartment, not the owner. and It's somebody else. Yes. The owner hasn't, maybe he hasn't done it, but the sentence that he had taught the parrot is what incriminates him and okay. <laughs> and 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 then makes him go to jail um uh, it it makes it seem like it would be good if you did have a parrot to just teach it to say that you were innocent just as like you know who you instead of saying Who's a pretty Polly? You'd you'd teach it every time you give it a biscuit. You get it to say, "Andy's innocent. Andy's innocent." Mm. You know, just in case um, you do end up murdering somebody. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, the carrot does. Uh, the carrot. The parrot does get um, uh, called to the stand. I. Yeah. Uh, I have um I, I there there is a case of a uh, murder being witnessed by a parrot but the parrot was not called in in court so they didn't bring it to the stand uh they didn't no oh there's another one here this one looks But I don't awful. think it's ever brought to the stand I don't think it's ever brought into the court case and asked questions I think it's just what it says might be used as evidence <clears throat> Yes Right, so it, rather than being on the stand, it would be perhaps in one of those little Ziploc bags um, that the the, the, uh, the what's her name, the lawyer gets out of their briefcase and slams down on the desk as a big reveal. But then they realise too late that in both the ceiling in the Ziploc bag and the slamming down on the desk, they have killed the very parrot that they ho- hoped would <laughs> exonerate their um, their client. Is there a parrot that could solve its own murder? Mm. Um, Let's know. say people think, like, I mean, it's one of those ways where it's like, you know, obviously it could never be this strict thing, but like, um, where, uh, but like, you know, people think that the parrot has been murdered and then, but the, parrot actually escaped and it yeah, you know it's not fun 
<laughs> Probably a storyline from a Death in Paradise episode. <laughs> Have you seen that show? I've seen a couple of episodes. Really? Yeah. Really? You watch them all the way through? Uh, I think I've seen one or two. I think every time I've watched it, there's been a different detective. You watch a bit of free-to-air TV, do you? Yeah, sometimes I've watched a couple of episodes of Vera. Really? Yeah, why? Did you want to talk about Vera? No, well, I just, I just didn't know this about you, especially given your famous distaste for British television of any I, kind. Well, I didn't say I don't like it. I said I find it very boring. <laughs> oh, okay. I think, I think there's a place for boring things. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think um, the general feel is boredom that you get with it. But then within that, you know, once your senses are dulled enough, you know, you can you can even feel things within the boringness. There are, um, there are no uh, crime shows with pirates, are there? And I, I don't think so. Like a, like a crime solving pa- uh, parrot on a sh- pirate's shoulder. Could be, could be. Like a Sherlock a... and Holmes, but it's... Sure. Uh, uh, okay, here we go. Now we've got something else there. <laughs> <laughs> Sherlock and Holmes, the famous duo. <laughs> Sherlock Holmes and Watson. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sherlock and Holmes. But, but, but it could be. Look, and maybe the pirate calls... Um, the parrot, his homeboy, and he calls him Holmes. Um, and Sherlock is the name of this pirate. There you go. So they're sort of like gangster. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, pirates. I think I think you know. I think maybe there's the problem is with you if you didn't think if you weren't picturing this pirate uh, was a person of color. You know. Yeah, uh, um, you're right. Uh, it's a Somali a pirate. Me. Thanks, Al. And. Uh, <laughs> And, and no, no, no. And they travel. Understand. They travel the no. seven seas, solving crimes. Him and his parents. This is what it is. Yes, it's it's a it's a sort of a, a historical crime drama, right? Mm-hmm. Those things are very big, but they usually don't go back far enough. So we're going all the way back to pirate times, yeah. and it's it is a it is a crime solving pirate. Now that seems. Like a contradiction in terms, somehow. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of the time, these investigators in shows they have one job and then they do crime solving on the side, right? Like mm-hmm. you know, Castle he actually writes crime things and then he solves crime. Jonathan Creek he's a magician's assistant, solves crime on the side, right? This this one, the pirate, he's mm-hmm. a criminal. And on the side, he solves crimes. Well, it's like it's like uh, that one where the guy was a murderer, and he and then he catches serial killers or whatever. He kills serial killers, and then he's a Dexter. Something. Dexter, but it's like yes. that. But this other, guy, but more with just petty crimes or murders. <laughs> you know, he doesn't commit murders; he just steals booty. Yes. So, but but then he also does does track people down. And and yeah, he does some light, you know, private detective work uh, yeah. on the side. Is this anything else? Yeah, Sherlock and Holmes. Great, great. 
Great. Sherlock at Holmes. <laughs> the name is my favourite thing about it, I've got to say. Um, parrot and pirate. Pirate and parrot do sound very similar. Mm. The words do sound very similar. They should like have Maybe the them. whole thing about pirates having a, a parrot on their shoulder is actually just a famous misunderstanding from somebody mishearing the fact that they actually had a pirate on their shoulder. It was just another pirate on there. Yeah, just another pirate. Because pirates were acrobats at the time. They were. They were just the traveling acrobatic shows, two-man acrobatic shows. Um, Alistair... Which, you know, which they don't dress that dissimilar from the traveling acrobats that I know. Are we? Uh, we are we are we done sketch wise? I think we're done sketch wise, Andy. We've 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 zoomed through a lot of sketches today. I think it was a jam packed episode. We got meet the acquaintances, which is the new episode. <laughs> this is our sketches for today. This is the new a new sequel to the Meet the Fockers, but it also could be called Meet Reality Fokker. And this is the uh, small boy from Little Fockers, who the character wants to be an actor in Hollywood and he somehow leaves the reality of the f- of the film Little Fockers and enters the real world to meet Ben Stiller who helps show him around and introduces him to uh, executives and they might track down uh, Robert De Niro to see if he can come along for the ride. <laughs> it's a road trip. <laughs> it's a road trip movie. They, they, I guess maybe they're all in Albuquerque or something at the beginning. Uh, Great. Nuremberg-style trial for calling small potatoes petitos. Um, Great. That that makes sense. Then we got cooking in the belly of an electric chair uh, dyer. (laughs) (laughs) Or under their helmet. Um, And then we've got the Truman Show, but with President Truman. Mm-hmm. Then we've got the Truman Show, but with a guy who thinks he's a president or something more believable. And then, and then we've got Let Him Fry Grill. That's the electric chair grill. I'm so happy with this. Yeah. And then we've got the foie gras fed foie gras, um, which is more ethical in a way. Yeah. Uh, in a not very accurate sense. <gasps> Oh my god, wait. Oh no, then we've got the goose human romantic comedy, Sex with a Goose. <laughs> and then we have Who has the... it? You you gotta go you're gonna need to see it just to to know who's who has it. Yeah. And then Um Solving Crime, Sherlock and Holmes, Parrot and Pirate uh thing. It's just it like the the BBC will buy any of this stuff. <laughs> And so you've just you've got to come up with the name and the concept quick, and just send it <laughs> off. Exactly. So that's the episode. Thank you so much for everything that you do in listening to the show. And, you know, some of you tweeted us, and that's fun. That's a lot of fun. We love it. It's a lot of fun. We love the odd tweet. Thanks for the tweets. You can find us on Twitter. very odd tweets. At Alistair TB and and Andy James Matthews. No, stupid old Andy and I. And we're at Two in Tank. And you could, you know, support us on Patreon. Um, 
Or you can go to uh, sospresents.com and, and get magma. Grab a mag. Grab a magma, mate. Grab yourself a magma, mate. And um, that's it. That's all. There's nothing more. There's no other that's, secret agenda here from us. There's nothing else. We're not trying to sell there's, you anything else. No. <laughs> it's just that. Just the, the two ads, or three things. <laughs> the ads, the sort of the, the Patreon, all that kind of thing. But after the that, nothing else. You can no. also get a merch, but don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> don't. We're not. It's not. We're just enjoying it. Remember, this used to be just about the podcast. Now, what are we on about? All these bloody pictures selling all Ugh. these things. Ugh. Oh, it's it's become this commercial, this huge commercial enterprise. You know, it used to be about just two guys who come up with ideas about how you could make a movie about sex with a goose. <laughs> You know, without for their the actually being... They did it for the love of it, but now yeah. they're just doing it. Oh, and now they actually cut out the goose sex. <laughs> Back in the day, it would have just been a woman having sex with a goose. <laughs> or a man. But somehow that seems even more vulgar. Yes, a woman having sex with a man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks very much for listening. And we love... love. You. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. It's not optional. You have to do it. <laughs> we used to go easy on it, but now you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.